Hare Krishna. This is a reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, with translations and purports by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. First Canto, Chapter 2, Texts 6 through 10. Text 6, which is the answer to the sage's first question. Savai pum sam paro dharmo yato bhaktir adhoksaje ahaituki apratihata yayatma suprasiditi. The supreme occupation, or dharma, for all humanity is that by which men can attain to loving devotional service unto the transcendent Lord. Such devotional service must be unmotivated and uninterrupted to completely satisfy the self. Purport by Śrīla Prabhupāda In this statement, Śrī Sūta Goswāmī answers the first question of the sages of Namasharanya. The sages asked him to summarize the whole range of revealed scriptures and present the most essential part, so that fallen people, or the people in general, might easily take it up. The Vedas prescribe two different types of occupation for the human being. One is called pravrti marg, or the path of sense enjoyment, and the other is called nivrti marg, or the path of renunciation. The path of enjoyment is inferior, and the path of sacrifice for the supreme cause is superior. The material existence of the living being is a diseased condition of actual life. Actual life is spiritual existence, or Brahma-Bhuta existence, where life is eternal, blissful, and full of knowledge. Material existence is temporary, illusory, and full of miseries. There is no happiness at all. There is just a futile attempt to get rid of the miseries, and temporary cessation of misery is falsely called happiness. Therefore, the path of progressive material enjoyment, which is temporary, miserable, and illusory, is inferior. But devotional service to the Supreme Lord which leads one to eternal, blissful, and all-cognizant life, is called the superior quality of occupation. This is sometimes polluted when mixed with the inferior quality. For example, adoption of devotional service for material gain is certainly an obstruction to the progressive path of renunciation. Renunciation, or abnegation for ultimate good, is certainly a better occupation than enjoyment in a diseased condition of life. Such enjoyment only aggravates the symptoms of the disease and increases its duration. Therefore, devotional service to the Lord must be pure in quality, that is, without the least desire for material enjoyment. 
One should therefore accept the superior quality of occupation in the form of the devotional service of the Lord without any tinge of unnecessary desire, fruitive action, and philosophical speculation. This alone can lead one to perpetual solace in his service. We have purposely denoted dharma as occupation because the root meaning of the word dharma is that which sustains one's existence. A living being's sustenance of existence is to coordinate his activities with his eternal relation with the Supreme Lord Krishna. Krishna is the central pivot of all living beings, and he is the all-attractive living entity or eternal form amongst all the other living beings or eternal forms. Each and every living being has his eternal form in the spiritual existence, and Krishna is the eternal attraction for all of them. Krishna is the complete whole, and everything else is his part and parcel. The relation is one of the servant and the served. It is transcendental and is completely distinct from our experience in material existence. This relation of servant and the served is the most congenial form of intimacy. One can realize it as devotional service progresses. Everyone should engage himself in that transcendental loving service of the Lord, even in the present conditional state of material existence. That will gradually give one the clue to actual life and please him to complete satisfaction. Text 7. Vasudevi Bhagavati Bhakti Yoga Prayojita Janati Asu Vairagyam Gyanam Cha Yad Ahaitukam. By rendering devotional service under the personality of Godhead Sri Krishna, one immediately acquires causeless knowledge and detachment from the world. Report by Srila Prabhupada. Those who consider devotional service to the Supreme Lord Krishna to be something like material emotional affairs may argue that in the revealed scriptures, sacrifice, charity, austerity, knowledge, mystic powers, and similar other processes of transcendental realization are recommended. According to them, bhakti, or the devotional service of the Lord, is meant for those who cannot perform the high-grade activities. Generally, it is said that the bhakti cult is meant for the sudras, vaishas, and the less intelligent women class. But that is not the actual fact. The bhakti cult is the topmost of all transcendental activities, and therefore it is simultaneously sublime and easy. It is sublime for the pure devotees who are serious about getting in contact with the Supreme Lord. And it is easy for the neophytes, who are just on the threshold of the house of bhakti. 
to achieve the contact of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna, is a great science, and it is open for all living beings, including the sudras, vaishas, women, and even those lower than the low-born sudras. So what to speak of the high-class men, like the qualified brahmins and the great self-realized kings? The other high-grade activities, designated as sacrifice, charity, austerity, etc., are all corollary factors following the pure and scientific bhakti cult. The principles of knowledge and detachment are two important factors on the path of transcendental realization. The whole spiritual process leads to perfect knowledge of everything, material and spiritual. And the results of such perfect knowledge are that one becomes detached from material affection and becomes attached to spiritual activities. Becoming detached from material things does not mean becoming inert altogether, as men with a poor fund of knowledge think. Naishkarmya means not undertaking activities that will produce good or bad effects. Negation does not mean negation of the positive. Negation of the non-essentials does not mean negation of the essential. Similarly, detachment from material forms does not mean nullifying the positive form. The bhakti cult is meant for the realization of the positive form. When the positive form is realized, the negative forms are automatically eliminated. Therefore, with the development of the bhakti cult, with the application of the positive service to the positive form, one naturally becomes detached from inferior things, and he becomes attached to superior things. Similarly, the bhakti cult, being the supermost occupation of the living being, leads him out of material sense enjoyment. That is the sign of a pure devotee. He is not a fool, nor is he engaged in the inferior energies, nor does he have material values. This is not possible by dry reasoning. It actually happens by the grace of the Almighty. In conclusion, one who is a pure devotee has all other good qualities, namely knowledge, detachment, etc. But one who has only knowledge or detachment is not necessarily well acquainted with the principles of the bhakti cult. Bhakti is the supermost occupation of the human being. Text 8 Dharma svanushtita pumsam Vikshrakshena katasuya, na pariyad yadiratim, shrama eva hikavalam. Duties, Dharma, executed by men, regardless of occupation, are only so much useless labor if they do not provoke attraction for the message of the Supreme Lord. Purport. I Srila Prabhupada.
There are different occupational activities in terms of a man's different conceptions of life. To the gross materialist, who cannot see anything beyond the gross material body, there is nothing beyond the senses. Therefore, his occupational activities are limited to concentrated and extended selfishness. Concentrated selfishness centers around the personal body. This is generally seen amongst the lower animals. Extended selfishness is manifested in human society and centers around the family, society, community, nation, and the world with a view to gross bodily comforts. Above these gross materialists are the mental speculators who hover aloft in the mental spheres, and their occupational duties involve making poetry and philosophy or propagating some ism with the aim of selfishness limited to the body and the mind. But above the body and the mind is the dormant spirit soul, whose absence from the body makes the whole range of bodily and mental selfishness completely null and void. But less intelligent people have no information of the needs of the spirit soul. Because foolish people have no information of the soul, and how it is beyond the purview of the body and mind, they are not satisfied in the performance of their occupational duties. The question of the satisfaction of the self is raised herein. The self is beyond the gross body and subtle mind. It is the potent active principle of the body and mind. Without knowing the need of the dormant soul, one cannot be happy simply with the moment of the body and mind. The body and mind are but superfluous outer coverings of the spirit soul. The spirit soul's needs must be fulfilled. Simply cleaning the cage of a bird, one does not satisfy the bird. One must actually know the needs of the bird himself. The need of the spirit soul is that he wants to get out of the limited sphere of material bondage and fulfill his desire for complete freedom. He wants to get out of the covered walls of the greater universe. He wants to see the free light and spirit. That complete freedom is achieved when he meets the complete spirit, the personality of Godhead. There is dormant affection for God within everyone. Spiritual existence is manifested through the gross body and mind in the form of perverted affection for gross and subtle matter. Therefore, we have to engage ourselves in occupational engagements that will evoke our divine consciousness. This is possible only by hearing and chanting the divine activities of the Supreme Lord. And any occupational activity which does not help one to achieve attachment for hearing and chanting the transcendental messages of Godhead, is said herein to be simply a waste of time. This is because the other occupational duties, whatever ism they may belong to, cannot give liberation to the soul. Even the activities of the Salvationists are considered to be useless because of their failure to pick up the fountainhead of all liberties. The gross materialist can practically see that his material gain is limited only to time and space, either in this world or in the other. Even if he goes up to Swargaloka, 
he will find no permanent abode for his hankering soul. The hankering soul must be satisfied by the perfect scientific process of perfect devotional service. Text 9. All occupational engagements, dharmas, are certainly meant for ultimate liberation. They should never be performed for material gain. Furthermore, one who is engaged in the ultimate occupational service, dharma, should never use material gain to cultivate sense gratification. Purport by Śrīla Prabhupāda. We have already discussed that pure devotional service to the Lord is automatically followed by perfect knowledge and detachment from material existence. But there are others who consider that all kinds of different occupational engagements, including those of religion, are meant for material gain. The general tendency of any ordinary man in any part of the world is to gain some material profit in exchange for religious or any other occupational service. Even in the Vedic literatures, for all sorts of religious performances, an allurement of material gain is offered, and most people are attracted by such allurements or blessings of religiosity. Why are such so-called men of religion allured by material gain? because material gain can enable one to fulfill desires, which in turn satisfy sense gratification. This cycle of occupational engagements includes so-called religiosity followed by material gain and material gain followed by the fulfillment of desires. Sense gratification is the general way for all sorts of fully occupied men. But in the statement of Sutta Goswami, as per the verdict of Srimad Bhagavatam, this is nullified by the present shloka. One should not engage himself in any sort of occupational service for material gain only. Nor should material gain be utilized for sense gratification. How material gain should be utilized is described as follows. Text 10. Life's desires should never be aimed at gratifying the senses. One should desire to live only because human life enables one to inquire about the absolute truth. This should be the goal of all works. Purport by Śrīla Prabhupāda. The completely bewildered material civilization is wrongly directed toward the fulfillment of desires and sense gratification. In such a civilization, in all spheres of life, the ultimate end is sense gratification. In politics, social service, altruism, philanthropy, and ultimately in religion, or even in salvation, the very same tint of sense gratification is ever-increasingly predominant. Text 11. 
In the political field, the leaders of men fight with one another to fulfill their personal sense gratification. The voters adore so-called leaders only when they promise sense gratification. As soon as the voters are dissatisfied in their own sense gratification, they dethrone the leaders. The leaders must always disappoint the voters by not satisfying their senses. The same is applicable in all other fields. No one is serious about the problems of life. Even those who are on the path of salvation desire to become one with the absolute truth and desire to commit spiritual suicide for sense gratification. But the Bhagavatam says that one should not live for sense gratification. One should satisfy the senses only in so much as required for self-preservation and not for sense gratification. Because the body is made of senses, which also require a certain amount of satisfaction, there are regulative directions for satisfaction of such senses. But the senses are not meant for unrestricted enjoyment. For example, marriage, or the combination of a man and a woman, is necessary for progeny, but it is not meant for sense enjoyment. In the absence of voluntary restraint, there is propaganda for family planning. But foolish men do not know that the family planning is automatically executed as soon as there is search after the Absolute Truth. Seekers of the Absolute Truth are never allured by unnecessary engagement in sense gratification, because the serious students seeking the Absolute Truth are always overwhelmed with the work of researching the truth. In every sphere of life, therefore, the ultimate end must be seeking after the absolute truth. And that sort of engagement will make one happy, because he will be less engaged in the varieties of sense gratification. And what that absolute truth is, is explained as follows. <laughs>